Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Happiness comes from the word happenstance. If you just so happen to have a year where things are going pretty well, well then you can be happy. That's not joy. Joy is not predicated upon things going well in my life. I can have joy, period. No comma, no but, no if, no however. No, I can have joy. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. If someone were to ask you the difference between happiness and joy... Would you be able to give them a reasonable description? In today's message, Pastor J.D. defines the key difference between the two and how we as believers have a joy that's not circumstantial. Are you resting in the joy of salvation or circumstantial happiness that varies on a whim? Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Philippians chapter 2 as he begins his message, Why I Have No Joy. Philippians chapter 2, we'll begin in verse 17 and make it to verse 30 at the end of the chapter. So, the Apostle Paul is writing and very interesting passage of scripture that we have before us today. He says, verse 17, by the Spirit, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope, verse 19, in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And, verse 24, I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphrodites, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For, verse 26, he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God, I love those two words, right? But God had mercy on him, and get this, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow 
upon sorrow, God knew that his death would just be so grievous to me. That's not in the text. I just kind of, that's in the JDV. So, but you don't have one of those. Verse 28. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and, this is interesting, I may have less anxiety. (laughs) This is what I love about God's word and certainly about the Apostle Paul. It's just the brutal honesty. You mean to tell me that the Apostle Paul struggled with anxiety? Yes, he did. It's right here. So then, verse 29, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Not that they wouldn't, they just weren't in a position where they could. So I want to talk about something that the Lord's really been ministering to me about recently, and it has to do with joy, and more specifically, why it is that oftentimes as Christians, we just don't have the joy of the Lord in our lives. Here in our text, the Apostle Paul reveals what I found are three ways, you might find more, but I found three ways that we as Christians can live joyful lives, lives full of joy, fulfilling lives, lives that are fulfilling. And if you don't mind, wouldn't matter if you did, because (laughs) I'm going to mention it anyway, the world completely hijacked this word, and you'll forgive me as an Arab using the word hijack, but for lack of a better one, The world has completely hijacked this word, success. This is the Apostle Paul, I believe, giving us, in the text that's before us, the secret to living a successful, joyful, fulfilling Christian life. And, oh, by the way, (laughs) spoiler alert, It's the exact opposite of what the world defines success as. Perhaps you've heard it said that the world's definition of success is to get all you can and can all you get. So not only has the world hijacked this word success, they've completely marred it, ruined it, and spoiled it, and even changed the entire definition of it. God's definition of success can be found in the Gospel of Matthew, the 10th chapter. Listen to what Jesus said. This is what I call the paradox of the Christian faith. Whoever does not take up their cross, meaning death to self, which is what the cross represents, Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. 
Is that not a paradox? The way up is the way down. You want to live? Die. You want to find? Lose. It completely goes against everything that this world has to offer. That's the definition of a successful life. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? This one paradoxical truth sums up everything that we're about to see from the Apostle Paul, who himself, as an example to us, had lost his life for Jesus Christ, and in so doing, he found the secret, and I'm going to use that word, in fact, I'm going to take back that word from the world, the secret, the secret to life in Christ. Here's the first one. It's in verses 17 and 18. This is how joy can return to the joyless life of a Christian. You ready for it? Serve sacrificially. If you were to ask me who I thought were the happiest, and that's another word, that's a... uh, Maybe this is as good of a time as any to delineate and distinguish between what happiness is and what joy is, especially this as we begin a new year, because we always greet each other with the customary greeting of, Happy New Year! You know, I don't mean to rain on anybody's parade, but that is actually something that you are maybe saying to someone, your new year will be happy if. Your new year will be happy when. Your new year will be happy however the happiness that you will find in the new year is predicated upon the circumstances in your life going well. Because you see, happiness comes from the word happenstance. If you just so happen to have a year where things are going pretty well, well then you can be happy. That's not joy. Joy is not predicated upon things going well in my life. I can have joy, period. No comma, no but, no if, no however. No, I can have joy. Now, no matter what, the year holds, you can still have joy in the Lord. Regardless, it's not contingent upon things going well in your life. Notice Paul's reference to being poured out like a drink offering on a sacrifice. This is actually a reference to Numbers chapter 28 verse 7 concerning the drink offering that would be poured out on the animal sacrifice that was being sacrificed to the Lord. That's what Paul is referring to himself as being that drink offering that he's pouring himself out. He's sacrificing himself. He's giving of himself. And here's the other thing. He also 
happens to know what awaits him at the hands of Rome, namely his execution. And would you believe that the Apostle Paul is totally okay with it? What do you mean? Oh, Philippians chapter 1. Listen to what he says about his impending, impending imminent death. He knows he's, it's just a matter of time. And he's okay with it. Why? Because he's already poured out his life. He's already lost his life. So death is no longer an issue. It has completely lost its sting. Listen to what he says. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, and I tell you, verse 21 of Philippians 1 should be indelibly etched on every single one of our minds and hearts, because it's the truth. Listen to what he says. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Where I come from, they call that a win-win. Either in life or in death. Verse 22, he goes on. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. He is genuinely torn, and that's what he says. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, nothing personal. He says, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Think about this. You know what he's saying? He's saying, truth be known, again, nothing personal, but if I had my choice as to whether or not to stay here with you and labor for Christ or to die and go to be with Jesus Christ, please don't be offended, but that's a no-brainer. I would much rather go to be with the Lord. Are you kidding me? But here's the thing. I poured out my life for you in my service to you, in my sacrificing for you. I see it this way. Paul had a lot invested in them. And because he had a lot invested in them, he also had this profound love for them. I was talking to my son, Elias, the other day, and I was telling him that you cannot stay angry at somebody that you're praying for. This is why Jesus said, pray for your enemies and those who despitefully use you. (laughs) You know what happened? At first it might be like one of these, Lord, I just want to pray that you'll bleh, bleh. You know, like the fawns could never, some of you young people are looking at me going, who? Never mind, way before your time. Just could not get the words out, right? But it's not long before you find yourself, now that you're praying for them, all of a sudden now your heart starts changing towards them. 
You cannot stay angry at somebody that you're praying for because now you're investing in them. And the same thing goes for our service, our sacrificial service as broken bread and poured out wine in that sacrifice that we make. This brings us to the second one. It's in verses 19 through 24. This one's interesting because it has to do with something that we can't fake. We can't manufacture this. It is a genuine concern for others. I'm struck by what Paul says about sending Timothy in verse 20. You know that this was a sacrifice for Paul because Timothy was like Paul's right-hand man. Timothy was his protege, if you will. And what's really interesting to me is that Paul says, I'm going to send him to you, but here's the thing, I have no one like him. He's one of a kind. This is a a great sacrifice because he is so unique in this sense. This guy, unlike anybody else, has the interests of others at heart, the welfare of others, a genuine concern for others instead of himself. Then in verse 22, and This kind of struck me because it's been said, it's not so much what's been taught, it's what's been caught. Now think this through with me. Had not Timothy learned so much being with the Apostle Paul over the years? I would suggest that he watched the Apostle Paul, as he just demonstrated this sacrificial service in his genuine concern for others, and as a son would with a father with whom he was close. And this is what Paul says, that he had proven himself. (laughs) He is tried and true. He has proven himself as a son would in serving his father. And this made him stand out. I like that word, outstanding. You stand out from the rest. You're not like the rest. You're different than all the others. You actually care. Perhaps you've heard it said that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I think about that in the context of a teacher. If you think back to the teachers you had that had the greatest impact on your life, were they not also the teachers that had the most care? That were genuinely concerned with you and how well you were doing? You know how it is. We. <laughs> I was thinking about this on the way to church this morning. I think about a lot of things on the way to church this morning, like, Lord, it would be great if the rapture happened before I had to teach. But anyway, that's... (laughs) But I was thinking about how ah, shallow, surfacey, for lack of a better word, we are. You know, we'll we'll say to somebody, hey, how you doing? You really want to know how I'm doing? Hey, you really want to throw somebody off? 
Next time somebody asks you how you're doing, go, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Do you have a minute or an hour? Oh, hey, we'll do lunch sometimes. That's what I thought. Right? Come on. Do you really want to know how they're doing, or are you just giving them the customary can greeting? Hey, how you doing? Thursday night, I don't know if it was last Thursday or the Thursday before, I was talking about how I, it was Thursday in our uh, uh, psalm study, and I was talking about how that I used to say, when somebody would say, how are you doing? I would usually say, great. And it was kind of like the Lord was going, oh, really? You're all that, huh? You're, you're great? I'm great. You're not great. Or how about this? I'm good. No one's good. <laughs> We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Come on, pastor, you're getting a little bit too legalistic here. No, no, stay with me. So I decided, you know what? Next time somebody asks me how I'm doing, here's what I'm going to give them as an answer. Hey, how you doing? I'm blessed. <laughs> I love to see, I always wait to see what their reaction is going to be like, because they've likely not heard that before, and if they have, it has been quite a while since they had heard that before. You're blessed. It's kind of interesting because sometimes it's almost like this invitation to introspection in the sense that, well, I am too, I think. So I'm in Costco recently, and you know how they check your receipt to make sure you didn't try to steal anything? Is that? That's not what they say. They say we just want to make sure that you didn't uh, get charged twice for anything. Okay, that's fine if that's what you want to. If that's your story and you're sticking with it, okay, whatever. So I'm at the you know exit. I got my stuff and I give them the receipt. And so I say, "How are you doing?" To which the response was, "I'm living the dream." Wow! <laughs> How are you doing? Well, I'm. I'm blessed, but you're living the dream? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. What if the next time you ask somebody, hey, how you doing? And then they give you the, I'm fine, I'm good, how are you? Fine, thank you, how are you doing? (laughs) Why don't you follow it up with something like this. No. How you really doing? We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Philippians. We pray the joy of the Lord fills your heart as you move through the rest of your day. We hope you'll take some time to spend with God today. Here at In Spirit and Truth, we always encourage you to revisit the scriptural text you heard on today's teaching and to learn for yourself what the Lord is saying through His Word. Know that we're praying for you as you lean into your relationship with God, and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor JD while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor JD's Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor JD updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies in the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in the Bible. You can view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. With the old wind.